possibly need a bit of fabulousness in their life that they don't have. And having somewhere once a week where you can break the rules and you can wear what you you know you, you wouldn't want your boss to see you wearing and almost explore another facet of your personality that may have been um, squashed at some point in their childhood. Um, that that's yeah that's who who have come. Hey there, I'm Dan Brophy, and this is the Naked Creative Show. The writer of The Artist's Way, Julia Cameron, theorizes that all people are creative. It's just the degree to which they need to express that creativity that varies. If kindergartens and primary schools are filled with drawing, building, sculpting and playing make-believe, why is it that the proportion of creative adults is significantly less than that of children? The Naked Creative Show is a creative wellness hack podcast for grown-ups that want to be more of themselves through creative expression. I'll be talking to everyday makers and doers all about their process in the most practical terms. I want to find out how they structure their day, how they gather inspiration and overcome blocks, but most importantly, how they have made the move into having a creative career or lifestyle when for so many people, this just seems like an impossibility. I'll be talking to TV writers, radio presenters, musicians, dancers, and aerobics instructors. Together, we'll discuss the tools and tricks that make leading a more artistically fulfilling life possible for anyone. My guest today is Shannon Dooley, whose weekly aerobics class, Retro Sweat, gives patrons an authentic 80s aerobics workout in multiple locations across Sydney each week. Every class is an utterly immersive experience, from the choice of mirrored wall vintage dance studios where the classes take place, to the height of Shannon's blonde mullet, to the array of high-cut G-string leotards worn by teachers and punters alike. Over the four years she's been leading the retro revival, Shannon has expanded her offering into collectible clothing, an international social media following, corporate and pop-up events, and a regular spot on the morning show. I talked to Shannon about her background in studying at NIDA and how her emergence from the three years at drama school into a career landscape where she didn't find that she had a place forced her to create one for herself. This is a great interview for anyone who feels like they just want to dance their own steps. Enjoy my chat with Shannon Dooley from the 80s aerobics phenomenon, Retro Sweat. Shannon Dooley, thank you for joining me. Thank you. First of all, let's start with what is your main focus of your creative output at the moment? Um, I'm running a 1980s fitness business, a class um, called Retro Sweat. It's an authentic 1980s freestyle aerobic workout. So it's a fitness class, uh, but it's also a theatrical experience, in my opinion. And what about the process do you think makes it? takes it from just a fitness class to being an experience? Uh, Well, people are invited when they come to my class to uh, dress up, um, put on... uh, It's an 80s-themed class. set in the 1980s, this class. So uh, any fitness attire or anything, really, it doesn't even have to be fitness attire as long as they can dance in it, they're invited to dress up and wear for the hour of the class. Um, So it's a creative expression for people as well. Uh, and I set the standard by dressing in various 80s guises. 
um, big hair, wigs, g-string leotards, shimmer tights, Reeboks, leg warmers, etc. And what do you think it was? How long has the class been going for now? Um, it's just I'm just about to start my fifth year. What do you think it was about a 1980s aerobics class landing in 2010 that tapped into the zeitgeist and made it now? I think now more than ever, life, people are drawing on uh, influences from various different decades, um, different styles. I feel, yeah, in, in, the, in the 2000s, pe- some, pe- people like the 70s, they like the 80s, people like punk, people like um, uh, wearing all black, wearing lots of colour. I feel like anything goes more than ever. And now because of the internet and because of our access to... Um, different influences, even if it's sort of finding people, coming across people on Instagram and YouTube, there isn't so much conformity. Um, so I think people are more open to something like this. They're not so scared of something that's different because there is so much um, difference among people. Yeah. And do you think that the people who come to the class are naturally expressing themselves in that way, or does the class act as a, a vehicle to? to further their expression? I mean, you have a good idea about the cross-section of people that the class attracts. Are they just regular office guys and gals who are branching out into something new or are they 80s aficionados in their Mm. day-to-day lives? Correct. They are people with normal jobs. They aren't uh, extroverts um, from what I can see. And that was the biggest um, surprise that I got. When I started the class, I thought, oh, all my actor friends are going to love this. Everyone that's dying for some somewhere to be creatively expressive who, who are naturally already like that, they're the people that are going to want to come to this class. And I was completely wrong. There's a lot of people that um, I think they're coming, they're drawn to it because they, they possibly need a bit of fabulousness in their life that they don't have. And having somewhere once a week where you can break the rules and you can wear what you you know you, you wouldn't want your boss to see you wearing and almost explore another facet of your personality that may have been um, squashed at some point in their childhood. Um, that that's yeah that's who who have come to the class. There's a huge demographic of people that come and different ages, but but that's sort of the biggest surprise to me is that the sort of character type if you will, that was appearing. Because mm. you drill deep. You go so specific as to sometimes do all 81 tracks, all 82 tracks, all 83 tracks for a series, and sometimes you'll do artist-specific um, nights where you'll just do Madonna or just do Michael Jackson. I yes. love it when you just do Madonna. <laughs> um, what do you think it is about a 1980s-themed space that is different to if it was a 90s-themed space or a 70s-themed space? or a 60s or a 50s, is there something about the 80s that taps into a certain energy that people are experiencing when they come to the, car, the class? Yeah, I think, I think it is. And as from what my experience, uh, my research shows about the 1980s is, even though I was born in 84, so I don't really remember a lot of it, but it must have maybe seeped in on a very early childhood level, is that it was the, I think it was the last decade of naivety. A lot of things happened in the in the 80s that I think changed, you know, the, the ozone layer and, and AIDS and HIV. And, and I think it was a decade of 
people were looking to the future in the 80s and it was a very hopeful decade. People were taking lots of risks with what they wear, what they wore and how they did their makeup and musically um, uh, technology was opening a lot of doors for music to become more eclectic and more interesting as well, electronics. And I think the image, imagery of the 80s and even people that weren't, weren't there, it's exciting, it's bright, it's colourful, it's bold, it's brave. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it sort of, it draws, it draws people in and, and there's positivity and happy happiness and, oh, the millennium's, you know, 15 years away, wow, you know. <laughs> Very different to now. Were you, where did you grow up and was this your end goal when, when you were a kid doing jazzercise? Did you think that this is something that you would end up doing? Um, no, not at all. I kn knew I wanted to do something that was fabulous, um, that involved playing dress-ups and involved music as well, um, but it definitely wasn't my plan. Mm. But theatrics was part of the plan. <laughs> so so to talk me through the journey from high school to hysterical 80s mm -hmm. extravaganza. Um, high school doing amateur musical small town theatre and loving to sing, loving to dance, using that as my outlet and sort of exercise really. Where did you grow up? Wingham, uh, Killerbark really, which is outside Wingham, which is outside Tyree, which is uh, about 400 k's north of Sydney. And to be fair, you were born in 84, but it was pretty much the 80s in Tyree till the late 90s. <laughs> yeah, probably. If you go to the mall, you'll see that it was. Um, and the fish and chip shop. Uh, very... Um, more quickly than what I was planning on, got accepted into NIDA, which is the um, National Institute of Dramatic Art. Why more quickly than you thought? Um, well, I'd heard on the grapevine that they didn't take people a lot on their first year of auditioning and that they liked you to be worldly and to have travelled um, and to have life experience. Um, that was the, the rumour anyway. Um, so, so I got taken into NIDA pretty much straight out of high school, where really you just spend three years prancing around and learning how to speak in different accents and playing dress-ups. Um, to graduating from NIDA, not having a lot of work or enough to, to survive on financially, um, to uh, working a number of jobs that were not enjoyable and weren't fabulous in my opinion. Um, theatrical or acting related jobs? No, no, not at all. Not theatrical in the slightest. Um, and, and, you know, every now and then having having that outlet, but, but also not really uh, having the skills to know how to pr pr produce something myself or to put on a show or they're, they're not the sort of skills you learn at drama school, unfortunately to um, a chance meeting with a colleague who wanted to do a pop-up event, um, an 80s aerobics class, to us working together and not really realising that it would um, be turning to a legitimate business or have legs to stand on. So the idea, you know, I didn't go into this thinking this could be a thing that people want to do on a regular basis. Because it is so bold and theatrical that, you know, you, you don't know how something's going to be received until you see that the numbers are growing and people are coming in droves and, and it's sort of trial by error, what works, what doesn't. But 
going into doing the class, I used my acting skills and really approached it like I would a character. So researching the time um, and uh, obviously the music, knowing when things were released and what is an 80s song and what do people think is an 80s song but is not, and using YouTube and the internet to really answer all the questions I had so I could basically become an expert on this world so people would get an authentic experience and feel like they, they could trust they were trusting me to, to show them this world and I knew everything about it. Do people question more than just the who made this song? Um, they question the justification for the uh, outfits and, and I, I, I get asked a lot if the mullet I'm wearing is my real hair and I say, no, no, no. No, I'm crazy, but I'm not that crazy. Um, uh, what other questions do I get? I don't get a lot of questions about the music. I think people just are looking at me and knowing that I know <laughs> just to trust me. Yeah. And, and how did, you said you, you, it's to become a character as opposed to just be your pedestrian self mm. taking the class. Mm. Are there any differences in when you go into the mode of presenting the character versus the person you are usually? Um, I think that... Uh, I think that my persona, because it's funny because I think people started saying, oh, it's amazing that you stay in character for this whole hour and I and I honestly um, didn't think that I appeared to be a character and I said, this is just me and it's like a facet, a facet of me. I guess it's a persona, so I, in some ways it's a heightened version of me or using like a character the bits you need of yourself to tell this story or to make this experience work. And I think the main difference is that my that Cindy Lee Spandex, um, my Sasha Pierce, she's an optimist, and there are elements of me. And she's taught me to become more more optimistic. I think I'm naturally a learned realist pessimist. Err on the side of that. But Cindy Lee Spandex is excited about everything. See, I know you socially, and I would say I would say you're an optimistic person mm. who mm. is very positive and <laughs> and you know. Pro excitement yeah. and life and enthusiasm about you no know, in that real choose life eighties mm. sensibility that mm. is the Shannon Dooley experience not just the Cindy <laughs> Lee oh, fooled you as well <laughs> yeah the Cindy I, Lee spandex experience but that's that's the thing I, I think that this 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 work that I have to do so regularly I feel mm. like it's it's training my brain to think a different way so that's pretty powerful and hopefully people that do the class too it's have it's affecting them in a positive way in the ways they need as well you know in, in this 80s world everyone has infinite possibilities if you can't dance now you'll be able to learn you'll, you'll know how to dance in three weeks um, and um, you know anything goes and there's no wrong you know that sort of stuff it's reprogramming the things that you know maybe over time that you've started telling yourself oh, I'm not allowed to do that I can't wear a g-string on the attire I'm, I'm too fat I'm not tall enough my hair's not the right colour, anything, all those silly things we tell ourselves as we get older, and to go into a space where you can just throw your arms up and say, who cares, I'm here to have fun and I deserve to dance and I deserve to, you know, sing along. And that, that over time, I think, you know, is re good for reprogramming. So I think it's, that's what it's done to me. <laughs> and also, I mean, I would also suggest that when you are, the only difference that I've noticed when you are in, in 
class teaching mode is you get a very matronly, <laughs> directional way of communicating. All right, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. Mm. And it's very specific because there's no time to waste, in a sense, because yeah. you do fit a lot into an hour. Mm. And so there is actually a, a pushiness, which is very mm. effective, that I notice that's, that, is, that takes over as Cindy, yeah. that, that maybe Shannon doesn't have. Well, I guess I've only got the room for an hour before the next class comes in. But I, I guess that's me in charge, I guess. It's me being the leader. And if I could be in charge of everyone all the time, I would be. You probably could tap into that on the daily. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, that's me, obviously, you know. There is structure. It's a freestyle aerobics class, but we have to be in lines. Otherwise, we're going to run into each other. There needs to be a structure in order, order for us to be able to improvise. Um, and I'm in charge of making sure everyone's safe, everyone, you know, has enough room, um, yeah, those sorts of things, I guess, you know, um, cause me to be like that, possibly. Um, it reminds me of my, I have, I have, a, <laughs> well, I have, I have a firm but fair kindergarten teacher tone that I used to use a lot when I was doing nightclub doors, <laughs> which was very directional and it was very, all right guys, can I just get you to line up down this way? Come and let me know if you're on a guest list. Otherwise jump in line over there. It's very specific. Yeah. It's very ordered and it's really hard to fuck with because mm. people kind of know you mean business because you know exactly what you're doing. And you're only saying what you absolutely need to say. That's what I've learned as well. And it more came out of me, A, talking while I was jumping up and down, which is really hard, um, and also not having a microphone for the first year and a half I was teaching. So, I mean, having to project over the music that I thought, wow, you can give so much information with so little words. Instead of you could you could say okay guys we're going to grapevine next or you can go grapevine seven go and it's the way you the tone of your voice and the expression on your face that I've tested so many different ways of cueing and directing people so it, so the whole this whole crowd of people can move together and we aren't running into each other and it's amazing how little words you actually need to get the information across yeah. Mm. Mm. Try that at the supermarket next time. <laughs> Actually, I use my firm but fair kindergarten teacher tone when I'm at icebergs in the sauna and people don't come in, don't let they leave the door open in between entering and leaving so that there's hot air, valuable hot air escaping. And I definitely use that. Guys, just come in one after each other so that the door stays open for as little time as possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Full stop. Super specific. Yeah, direct. Mm. Yeah. And people respect it. Tell me about... What I mean, I'm fascinated by. I, you know, I tried to get into NIDA six times. Oh my god! I know. Oh. So <laughs> fuck you, those bastards. <laughs> but I <clears throat> definitely my journey led me to not go down that path, and to mm. you know, although I still think, wouldn't it be cool to go and do that training and yes, play yeah. in that space for three years? Yeah. However, I always fantasize about what that experience would be. So, what do you think you have gleaned from that experience that you use either in life in general? Or when in an 80s aerobic space, is there anything that comes to mind that you think, oh, that's, that's a NIDA trick. I mm. learned that there. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I use, definitely the voice stuff and projection and just being aware of the words you say and the tone of your voice and how you can, it can be the difference between people thinking you're a really lovely and strong leader than being, um, push, than being like bossy or pushy. Um, so knowing those, those subtle differences in how to communicate and how important, how precious words are and to choose them carefully, um, definitely projecting and being over a crowd and not losing my voice. Um, and also retro sweat 
even though it is a fitness class, it's not just about burning calories or getting skinny or getting fit. It's about learning how to carry yourself and take, they call it taking up, standing at your true height and taking up the space that you deserve to take up in the world. They're two things that are definitely from NIDA. And they say, they used to say to us, put your headlights on. So it's sort of shift your weight so you're ready and feel how people are drawn to you. It's about presence and about confidence. And I say to everyone, okay, stand there, put your shoulder pads on, and you feel everyone draw up from their centre and stand taller, standing at their true height, not letting fatigue collapse them or making themselves smaller in the space. So it's really about grace and spatial awareness, posture, and how if you change your physicality, it will actually change your emotional state. And that's so... It's, it's so powerful. It's like physicality is the entry point into emotion with so many things. Your eyes down on the floor and your, or your eyes up on the horizon can be the difference between it, it shifts something emotional in you um, that, yeah, that can change your mindset. Yeah, so it's really just confidence training as well. I see myself doing that. I, I probably should have suggested earlier on that NIDA, for those who don't know, is the National Institute of Dramatic Arts mm. and kind of the, the drama school in Australia, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, it used to be. I think it's not like that now, but um, it's it's been, I think it's been around since 1959. Um, so it's a bit of an institution, even though, yes, um, it's... Um, it's your Mel Gibson's and your Kate Blanchett's and yeah, your Judy Davis's. Yes, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I graduated in 2007, so it's been quite a long time since I've been there and the teachers I have aren't there anymore and... That that the the stuff I learned about fit switching your headlights on and that was a legacy that was there with a man called Keith Bain who 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 was um, he wasn't a famous dancer a lot of people didn't know who he was he was a movement expert and he we had we were the last few to have him for movement because he was um, I think he was gosh eighty when we had him and he sadly passed away about four years ago and. He strictly Baz Luhrmann wrote strictly ballroom based on Keith Bain about um Scott, what what's his name Scott Summers? What's the character's name? I oh. want to dance my own steps, and I really resonate with that too. Keith, Keith was frowned on by the the dance industry a lot because the same as Bob Fosse, you know, making their own rules. And you know, it's like you can't turn your knees and you can't twist your body like that. That's not what you do. There are rules. And it's all about going, well, no, there aren't rules. You really can move your body any way, you know, that is safe. And um, and they're the people that I look up to as well, people that were breaking the mould and, and trying new things. But um, I knew from a young age that I wanted to dance my own steps. Scott Hastings. Scott Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so my, my de- inspiration definitely came from him. And, gla- and luckily a book was written about Keith Bain. Um, co-written with him before he passed away so that is all that stuff is in writing and it's in all ex night of people's journals if they wrote it down like we were told to. <laughs> um, did you, you're um, now in a position where you run a business and you are naturally a, a creative person who you would find it easier to step into the entertainment space than to structure a business from the ground up but you've been forced to structure a business around um you know, people's demand for what it is that you do. Talk to me about how that has been, because you've almost had a business thrust upon you without mm, really yeah. planning to. Yeah, that, exactly. Um, so, yes, essentially my skills are in the creative 
uh, sector, not in the Excel spreadsheet um, organisational sector. So I've really had to um, uh, train myself to a certain extent and still am on, yeah, how to, how to have a business and also you own that business. So when you're selling the business, you're selling the product and you're also selling yourself and also that relationship which is sort of like being an actor, but I found it easier. It's the difference between someone talking about themselves and someone talking about their child that they're proud of. So I've, I've definitely found it easier to, to you know, promote myself and say this is what this, this product is and it's, it's ABC and it's wonderful and it's great without feeling like I'm having a dilemma with you know, saying I'm great or I'm fantastic, you have to watch me. So I feel like I'm much more, it's separate to me, it's like a part of me, you know. And it, I feel much more comfortable sort of promoting things like that, yeah. Um, back to the business stuff, gosh, remind me. What's been the biggest challenge? Hmm, oh gosh. Um, it has really been the organisational financial Excel spreadsheet stuff, yeah. Because you know. you've got, I mean, you could be just focusing on the creative part in that it's three nights a week is that right mm. it's also corporate events mm. and hens nights and the um is it one of the, you do a morning show as well mm, yep yep on channel seven um i yeah i mean i think you know it could be i i guess i could take someone on board but also i feel for me that's taking the easy way out because obviously i'm strong in some aspects of this and weak in others and i I feel like it would be a cop-out for me to go, oh, I'm just going to hire someone or a partner with someone who likes sitting on a computer all day and emailing people. Um, I need to learn how to do that. That's good for me. Yeah. And do you have a – is there a plan about the next chapter for what, you know, this 2016 will be all about in terms of a system that might make that easier? Uh or is that yet to, yet to be determined? <laughs> it's yet to be determined. It's just me making these resolutions to put things in folders and, and organise my computer desktop, really. It's just 80s. It's 80s pin-up shots and inspiration. Because I noticed a great part of what you do is not just the taking of the class, but the promoting of the class and all of its various social media worlds. It's RetroSweat is a visual experience by the looks of things mm. digitally as much as it is a live action three-dimensional space you can walk into yeah um talk to me about all the ways in which you promote the business across social and online and that sort of thing um well the, the funny thing is that I, i've never um paid for traditional advertising because i simply couldn't afford to um so instagram has been so valuable because for the first two years i didn't have an, a website um and I essentially ran the business out of Instagram and a Facebook page. But I, I felt, and I still do feel, that sort of the Facebook page, it doesn't have as much, um, uh, what's the word, uh, interaction uh, or, or following, and I don't push a Facebook page. I, I have a feeling something like that is on the way out, and I'd rather have my own blog that, you know, I that has everything of mine on it without being attached to Facebook. Um, I don't really use Twitter because because it's words and you can attach a picture, but I, I want to see pretty pictures and, and talking about retro sweat isn't as powerful as, you know, um, this amazing picture just as you scroll appearing. 
something that's going to delight you and shock you, you know, first thing in the morning when we all log on as soon as we open our eyes. Um, so, and, and other ways I promoted it is simply by, my style was always quite brightly coloured and, and I liked lycra, and, but it wasn't particularly 80s in my opinion. But I, I quickly learned that by using myself as a billboard really and using what I wear as a talking point, um, and also to become recognisable so people would go, oh, are you the, the retro sweat person asking me questions about it or where did you get those fabulous earrings and then I could, you know, um, open up a conversation about what I do. That was a way of, of advertising myself as well and only having to sort of spend money on vintage clothing and acid wash, um, you know, stuff from Vinnie's. But you've also done, you know, you collaborated with Frida Las Vegas to do yes, a... Yes, working Working with... Um, uh, artists that I've also found on social media as well. Um, it's a you know I think the, I think the future of business and a lot of people aren't getting this now is it's about co- collaboration. It's about more um, many hands make light work, and instead of seeing seeing people that are like you, um, not even doing exactly what you're doing. And I, as far as I know, there's no one doing exactly what I am doing. Um, instead of seeing you know an, another dance teacher for example, as a competitor, it's like, well, how can we collaborate and how can we, you know, you teach your half of the class and I'll teach my half and we can bring, it's about bringing people together or working with Frida Las Vegas and going, let's make, you know, something that we can wear, um, that people can wear at Retro Sweat um, and then sharing. That was a sweater that was inspired by a Ken Doan for Australis. Yeah, yeah, so we made a tracksuit. We've made a pair of earrings, a Perspex pair of earrings. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's you know that is the future of, of expanding your audience too is by being collaborative as opposed to competitive or having that fear base of you know you've got to be bigger than everyone else around you. Um, if everyone's got something slightly different to offer, then you can only become stronger and more exciting by joining together. Um, well, let's talk about the the pragmatic side of how you do what you do when you are choreographing new steps or when you are when you have a day set aside to just be left to your own devices and do retro sweat stuff what does that look like um i think space is really important to me i need a big open space and i need to not be interrupted i need to pay for that space because if i pay for that space then it makes me um focus and you know put my phone away and go this is the time you know that self that self-discipline that i love um, uh, so big, big open space for me to run around. I can't feel like I'm physically restricted in any way. And it, I need to just, I, I'm not a person who sits down with a book and starts going, okay, well, this is the first step I'm going to do is this. The song I'm going to choose is this. It's like almost putting my phone on shuffle of the, of my eighties playlist, which at the moment I think has over 500 songs on it. Everything I've ever um, found or stumbled across is in this playlist. And it's really by osmosis just jumping around and it's playing. I can't sit and think about what I'm going to do. I have to just jump up and start trying things and then it'll form (laughs) like a moving sculpture. Yeah. And when you you do put time aside to work on the the visual side of promoting the business is that something specific or does that just evolve as you get ideas for things that you that you come across while trawling yeah that's what i if i'm going through tumblr or finding pictures or you know 
finding out that it's Prince's birthday next week or um, doing some sort of tribute, I feel like I, I don't really ever switch off. And that is, that's a double-edged sword as well because I feel like I'm constantly, I don't have hours, I don't clock on and clock off, I have no office. So the only time I'm really off is when I'm asleep. The rest of the time I'm feeding the machine, I'm researching pictures, I'm list, put, listening to music in, in the car. Um, so it's sort of, oh yeah, it's just lots of, lots of plates, plate spinning. And do you fantasise about what, for example, two or five years down the track, what Retro Sweat would look like? Would it still be um, in its current incantation, similar size, but occurring in different parts of the world? Or, you know, is it, is it always going to be a Sydney-based enterprise that, you know, or would it n maybe no longer be a class but become a something else, a digital experience? I feel like I would be sad if it couldn't be a class, a weekly class, at least one that people could actually come to. I think um, the crossroads that I've come to is that most of my audience on social media aren't Sydney-based. They're people that appreciate what the same things I appreciate, whether it's the aesthetic or um, the music, and they desperately want to do the workout. So I have a demand at, at a, that I'm currently not supplying. So um, I, bet, I guess it's, the time now is to reach, it's to reach people that, that can't do it on a weekly basis, and that is thankfully... It's not the 1980s and the internet exists and there are ways to do that. Um, I don't really see it as a franchise. I don't see um, me sitting at a computer delegating and overseeing te a thousand teachers around the world. Because I'm such a control freak and because this product is so specific, it's not just learning some choreography. It's, it's a, there's got it, whoever does it, there's, it's big shoes to fill and I can like, proudly say that that it has to be someone that gets it gets the world wants to know more about the world is willing to dress up every time and not go oh, I'm not in the mood tonight I'm just going to wear my Nike dry fits that's not allowed it's just not allowed so you know seeing it as like a, a Zumba template is something that I instinctively feel right now I don't want I would like for more people in, in internationally to know about it and for me to be able to go to events and places where it would be suitable, suitable whether it's a, a launch for, um, you know, a cool um, clothing brand or a fitness watch or, you know, something to do with something that's happening in the fitness industry or an expo or a music festival. That's sort of in my heart where I think I see it, you know, bigger crowds as opposed to more classes more people in the class. Yeah. And if you were to imagine one, say for example, a year from now, if we were having this chat in, in early 2017, mm -hmm. and you were to be thinking about one hurdle that you overcame with, with the business, mm. the baby, mm. what would that be? Um, like that, I didn't think I was going to make it, but I yeah. nailed that, yeah. that that one thing that yeah. I didn't want to be doing. Didn't want to be doing well, or hoped to have gotten done. Hoped to have gotten done. Definitely a workout video, like a Jane Fonda, something that people can overseas can download and watch, if not four of them. Um, something that's beautiful, looks beautiful in like the Golden Girls set. 
yeah, something fabulous. Something fabulous that I create that is there forever. And I am immortal. is <laughs> immortalized through film. So a workout video that people are able to download um, is a dream of mine, a full workout, not just a song, 45 minutes of that. Yeah. <laughs> Share. Jane Fonda, mm -hmm. Shannon Dooley. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having a chat. Thank you, Dan. Good one. Shannon's sense of play and the way she's led by her passions is commendable and contagious. I love how she works so instinctively, combining her love of kitsch and camp and calf raises into something truly unique, where her appreciations can connect with punters for whom that may be lacking on the daily. There's also something to be said for giving those grown-up kids who never lost their love for singing into a hairbrush or dancing around their bedroom somewhere to express themselves. Shannon recognizes that space is really important to her and identifies paying for it by the hour as the trigger that allows her to achieve her best focus. She has a very physical, actorly approach when devising the class, identifying that she's much more effective improvising in the space than she is working it out on paper. If that's the way that you work best, trying to create while sitting at a desk simply won't be effective. Even though she downplayed what Nida taught her, to witness her in action taking a retro sweat class, I'd say that it's given her a foundation and a confidence to hold space in a room full of strangers and entertain. Which to me suggests that nothing fails. So much of what we've gravitated towards in our past equips us for what we might need to do in our future. I was also fascinated with what Shannon said about how the characters that she inhabits while taking the class has trained her brain to think differently. Shannon sees the 80s as the last great era of optimism and as such her experience in becoming Cindy Lee spandex and working from the outside in, she's able to channel that energy day to day. If you'd like to check out video of Shannon in action, there's links to view her morning show appearances on the show page at www.thenakedcreativeshow.com. Shannon's also given me her current top 5 80s style obsessions, which will be posted on the Naked Creative Instagram page, at the Naked Creative. I'm Dan Brophy, and I will see you next time on The Naked Creative Show.